Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Go big or go home. Welcome into the Nats Insider Podcast for another week. Dan Kolko with you. We got a good show today. We're going to take you down to the low levels of the Nationals minor league system. This is one of the cool things that I'm looking forward to with this podcast this year is we're not just going to talk about the big league club. We're going to take you full organizational view and give you some insights some perspectives from different people throughout the Nationals minor league system, their front office, some of their coaches, broadcasters at the minor league levels as well. We're going to give you a little bit of an insight at least we're going to try on every different aspect of the organization. Let you hear from some people that you might not know. Learn a little bit about some different roles throughout the big league club and the minor league clubs as well. And on today's Nats Insider Podcast, we're going to go down to the low A level, the Fredericksburg Nationals over in Fredericksburg, Virginia. They've got some pretty good talent over there with the Fred Nats, including... The Nationals' first-round pick from last year, Brady House. They also have the Nationals' fifth-round pick from last year, T.J. White. And one guy who was drafted along with those two guys last year is Dalen Lyle. But all three of those guys were taken in the first five rounds by the Nationals last year. They're all position players, and they all were drafted out of high school. These three guys are going through life as, what, 18-year-olds, kids? trying to acclimate to professional ball after being taken in the first five rounds of the Major League Baseball draft last year. I had a chance to catch up with all three of these guys back at the Instructional League last October. For those who might not be aware, the Instructional League happens every year around October, and it's a chance for some of the more highly regarded prospects in the organization more so at the lower levels, the single-A, double-A type levels, to get some more hands-on coaching from the Nationals coordinators and minor league staff. They go down to the team facility in West Palm Beach. Coaches and evaluators are able to get their hands on them, lay their eyes on them, and coach them up a little bit as they wrap up their season and head into the offseason. So I caught up with Brady House, Dalen Lyle, and TJ White Last October, we want to play that interview for you now. A little bit later on the Nets Insider Podcast, we'll talk to the broadcaster of the Fredericksburg Nationals and get some up-to-date perspective on Brady House and T.J. White. But first, here's my interview from the Instructional League with Brady House, Dalen Lyle, and T.J. White talking about acclimating to professional ball. You'll hear Brady House. He's got kind of the southern twang. T.J. White and Dalen Lyle, both kind of quiet guys. And you can tell that they're, you know, you know, they haven't done a ton of interviews, but it was fun sitting down with these guys and just learning a little bit about what they're going through together and what their hopes and dreams are in terms of making it up to the major league level one day. Here now is that interview from back in October at the Instructional League. So we're uh, wrapping up Instructs. we got a few days left. Um, what's this 
just been like for you guys? How have you enjoyed this experience? I know it's been, like we said, a long last few months, but how's it been? Brady, we'll start with you. Uh, it's been great, you know, uh, after FCL season, staying for instructs and getting that extra time and work with um, guys that are coming down from the upper levels and getting their opinions on things and um, just learning from all the other players that are up there as well. It's just nice that we all got to come together and just play together for a few weeks. Dylan, how's it been? Just truly a blessing because, I mean, for them to invite us and work with us and develop has just been awesome and getting to learn from all the older guys just in the other affiliates and learn some stuff from them, just been awesome. TJ? Uh, like Dan said, uh, just the experience with the older guys is uh, truly a blessing. And um, yeah, they really worked hard and uh, we've worked hard and it's just, it's just amazing to see what the future holds. We'll get to that in a minute. I like where your head's at with what the future holds. So you guys are kind of all in the same boat here, right? Like first round picks, guys all out of high school, or first top five picks, all out of high school, all joining the same organization at the same time. Have, have you like kind of bonded together as a group in some ways? Because you all have very similar experiences right now that you're going through. Yeah, for sure. I'd say us being the high school players, we kind of stick around each other and hang out with each other a lot, um, like on the field and off the field, mm -hmm. basically just hanging out a lot and doing stuff together, I guess. Mm -hmm. Away from the field, what what are you guys, like, how have you gotten to know each other? What what type of stuff are you guys doing when you're away? We play a lot of video games. <laughs> Do you? Like, well, Brady's not more of a video game guy, but he likes, we play like zombies so we can, like, include him and everything. But me and TJ always go at it on the games. We'll get you there. Yeah, we'll get you there. I'll, I'll get there yeah, one day. We're, te we're teaching them a few things. <laughs> did you did you guys know each other at all going into the draft through through various uh, you know leagues and tryouts and stuff? Yeah. How how uh, how did that all develop? And how cool was it to eventually end up in the same organization, kind of know each other a little bit through the process? Uh, I met Dalen at some uh, showcase events, and then TJ and me were. USA together. We did USA baseball together, so that's how I met them too. Yeah, I've been knowing Brady ever since like Perfect Game Select Festival when we were 14 and then just always playing against each other. And I've been knowing TJ since we were like 14, 15, always playing against him. So I'm glad I actually get to play with him instead of against him every time. Yeah, a little different now. Yeah. So after you guys all get drafted the first you know couple days, are you exchanging text messages? Are you reaching out to each other on Instagram? Like, how's that? How's that all going down? And what was that like just to celebrate with each other? Uh, I mean, like we're three, the three high school guys, so we can relate to each other more than other people. So uh, yeah, that was definitely quite the experience. What's what's Brady like? Take take me behind the scenes about Brady a little bit. I'll let you start. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Funny guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. He just he cracks me up, honestly. And uh, I don't even know. What's he like as a ball player? Take take me through his skill set. You guys be the scouts and, and break down Brady. A lot of pop tall fields, strong arm, good glove. What yeah. about what about Daylon? 
like baseball wise yeah baseball like, wise no baseball wise uh well i just saw him go deep to left field and it was a pretty far home run so i'd say he puts the ball anywhere he wants to and then he just recovered from his arm so he's back playing center and looks like he hadn't even taken a break from throwing i mean it looks natural so what's he like as a dude Dalen. Well, you got to get to know him first, because if you don't get to know him, he's kind of shy. But after you get to know him, then then you'll find out. Yeah, he puts on like this tough guy front, but he's like a Pop-Tart in the middle. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> <My God>. <laughs> <laughs> <Comes> me too. <laughs> what about TJ? Tell me about TJ. Always smiling. Yeah. Always has a smile on his face. Yeah. Just fun to be around. Very, he's goofy. He's a funny guy. Yeah, I, I don't think there's one time I can't look at TJ and not like I, I never take him serious. He's always yeah, uh, yeah you just yeah. can't take. When well, you look at TJ, he's just smiling. We just we have to smile with him because yeah. it's like, what are you happy about? <laughs> just, <laughs> you never know. Yeah. Where are his strengths as a hitter? What's he good at offensively? I'd say hitting right-handed and left-handed. He, he recognizes pitches very well. I would say about TJ, he doesn't swing him any balls. He knows what he's looking for. Yeah, like left and right-handed, like he's putting a ball out no matter what side he's hitting on. Like if there's a switch hitter, usually he has like a better side, but I really haven't seen a better side. I've seen both are like the same. Pretty even. Yeah, he, he's putting balls out on both sides. Not even just putting balls out, just putting them in play. Yeah. Or making the defense work. So you guys get drafted this year. You have this time to get acclimated to pro ball, to the Nationals organization. Now you'll have an off season and you'll come in in 2022 for your first full year. What are your goals individually, collectively? What do you want to accomplish in 2022? Uh, I just want to become a much better player, have a more sharper aspect of the mental side of the game. Hmm. And uh, just how to be more professional. Yeah. How to use all five tools and just stay under control, not be overly aggressive and not overthink things. Uh, my main thing is I just want to learn the grind because this is basically hopefully going to be like the rest of my life. So I got to learn what these 100 and, you know, I think it's 140 something, what these games are and what the grind's like. So that's what I. But what I'm looking forward to most is just learning how to deal with playing every day except one day and stuff like that. So, TJ, I think you referenced, you know, kind of being the next wave of talent, the future uh, of this organization. Obviously, the Nationals have committed to the the future. They've got, a, you know, a young core right now at the major league level, and they're continuing to put a focus on minor leaguers coming up through the system. What's the level of excitement of being part of that next wave and and knowing that the organization is looking to younger players and saying we want to develop we want to draft you we want to develop you we want to let you make an impact up at the highest level it's it's very exciting because it really shows how much they care about us and our talents and what they believe yeah i would agree with him yeah. like them putting their trust in the younger guys to you know hopefully make an impact and win a championship in the future they're they're throwing their trust on, you know, us and the the younger guys that are 
at these affiliates to hopefully be the face of the franchise in a few years. And yeah. Did, let's go across the way here. Who were your baseball influences? Like when you were growing up, who did you guys watch and want to play like? Uh, I would say um, the the guys that you know I kind of watched out and looked at the most was, of course, Mike Trout, and then Freddie Freeman was a big one for me. Um, Freddie Freeman is just the guy that you know he is one of those guys. If he's having a bad game, which he doesn't have a lot of, he if he's having a bad or good game, you can't tell. You can't tell. You know, he's just staying level headed, and I've always liked watching him play. Yeah. I would say Ken Griffey Jr. because that's left-handed, one of the most smoothest swings in baseball, just very humble on and off the field, and just a great guy. So, I mean, just learning from him and trying to play like him, get some better than that. Uh, I used to play third base, so I looked uh, I looked up to Chipper Jones just because he was a switch hitter like me, and uh, he had a pop from both sides of the plate. So. Yeah, that's who I really came up watching. So we're sitting here in the big league clubhouse at the facility. What would it mean to the three of you to potentially all be in a big league clubhouse together one day soon? I, th I think it'd be a big accomplishment, especially if we're all three here at the same time, because we started from the bottom together and then eventually worked our way up together with each other and got to our goal was to you know play on the big stage one day i would say the same thing because i mean they call us the trio so us sticking together and us pushing each other to be in a clubhouse like this be awesome it's just basically what they said just be crazy because we've all started in a little scl together and uh, that'll just be a dream come true to be in D.C. together all at the same time. They call you guys a trio? Yeah. What do you think of that? I, I like it. Yeah, I agree I with it. it. I agree with it. Cool. Well, thanks, fellas. Yeah. Uh, appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the time down here and look forward to seeing you rise in the future. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. So that was a fun interview with those three guys and really enjoyed picking their brains, learning a little bit about them and what they are going through together. Brady House has gotten off to a phenomenal start to his first full pro season. The Nationals love all three of these guys, and they have big hopes for their futures. It'll be fun to watch them progress in the years to come. Stay with us on the Nats Insider Podcast. After this quick break, we'll talk to Joey Zanaboni, who is the broadcaster of the Fredericksburg Nationals. We'll get some perspective on some of these young guys that are with the Fred Nats from Joey. Stay with us after this quick break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Welcome back. Had a chance to catch up with the broadcaster for the Fredericksburg Nationals earlier on this week. His name is Joey Zanaboni, very high-energy guy who is really enjoying his season covering the Fredericksburg Nationals and being their radio broadcaster. And he's had some exciting moments early on in the season. Brady House had a walk-off within the last handful of days. He's gotten to know some of these guys, not just on the field, but off the field as well. So I wanted to give you some insight on some of the guys down at the low A level that are already impressing. And we thought we'd bring on Joey to talk about that as well as what it's like being a broadcaster at the low A level. Here now is my interview with Joey Zanaboni, broadcaster for the Fredericksburg Nationals. Joey, how you doing, man? Dan, thanks so much for having me on. I'm great. Awesome start to the season for the Fred Nats. Six out of the first nine, won the first series at home. So I'm fortunate, my friend. I am blessed and, and blessed to be here with you. Yeah, appreciate you taking the time and great start to the year uh, for, for your ball club. And I wanted to have you on to talk about some of the young talent the Nationals fans are going to see within the next few years, I'm sure, as they make their way up through the organization, but also talk to you about your own role as, as a broadcaster and all that that you do in addition to broadcasting duties uh, down down at Fredericksburg. But let's start, though, with the ball club. And uh, I want to, I mean, the name that that is the name that jumps off the page for, for Nationals fans is Brady House, the, the team's first-round pick from last year and had a great start to his professional career last year in the Florida Complex League, turned some heads at the Instructional League last fall as well. So let's just start with your early impressions of a guy that has a really high ceiling and I think a lot of people around baseball think could become a big-name guy at the major league level one day. He's special, no doubt about that. This past week in Fredericksburg, we felt like this is really where the legend of La Casa is going to begin. He had a walk-off single against the Carolina Mudcats. Team entered the final inning, down by a couple, came up, bases loaded. He doesn't try to do too much. He's not out here trying to live up to some hype. He's about as humble a young superstar as I've seen. We call him the grinder from Winder because that's his mentality. He really wants to go out there and, and fight for every square inch and get everything he can out of this game. And he laced a base hit through the right side. It was something special. He's been the Carolina League leader in RBIs. His average is up around 500. Sky's the limit. I think a lot of people know that. And it's cool to see the genesis of what I think is going to be a, a very, very unique career. What, what have you gotten to know about Brady? It's very early on in, in the season. You're just you know a couple weeks in. But minor league broadcasters get to really – uh, spend some time with the guys that are on the club, unlike a lot of other sports. You know, you're you're on the bus, you're making the road trips with them. Uh, you're around these young kids a lot. What are your early impressions from Brady House, the the person uh, and and what he's like maybe when he's not between the lines? Well, we just made one of those road trips today. We just got into Canapolis, North Carolina, not but a half hour ago for a series against the Cannonballers. And you're right. That's one of the joys of this job is being able to meet these guys as they find out who they are, as they work to better themselves on the field and off. And when I think about Brady, it's balance. I think that he understands the importance of balancing what happens on the field with what happens off. And one of the things I've been most fascinated by and most impressed with 
is his confidence in his own ability to get away from the game. He says, I come in, I do my preparation, I get my practice, then we play the game. And when I'm driving home at night, I'm able to disconnect from that and find a way to get away from the game until it's time to to start the process the next day. And I think that sometimes when you have phenomenal, and I say that phenomenal young talents like Brady House, sometimes it's doing too much. It's being overly obsessed. It's getting too maybe down into the minutia. And he has that balance, that perspective on life that I think makes him a little bit more like a 21, a 22, maybe a 23-year-old player instead of an 18-year-old fresh out of Winder Barrow High School down there in Winder, Georgia. So Brady House was the Nationals' first-round pick uh, last year, Joey. And in the fifth round, they snagged T.J. White, a big uh, switch-hitting outfielder. And when I say big, I mean big. I was around this guy in the Instructional League, and it's kind of hard to believe that he's just 18 years of age given uh, the, the body that he has and the power that he possesses as well. Um, scouts really like his ability from both the left side and the right side of the plate, and you've seen him, I'd imagine, from – from both sides early on in the season. What are your takeaways from watching TJ go to work? First, I got to shout out his dad, Terinthial White, a Wofford college basketball legend. They call him boss at Wofford. So I call TJ boss junior, very special talent. He's got great hands at the plate. He's got excellent power. He's a switch hitter. And I think that down the line, he's really going to be another player to watch to, to make it to the major league level and really have an impact there. He signed at 17 years old, and his dad actually told a story where uh, he and Mrs. White were kind of saying, hey, maybe think about college and so on and so forth. And TJ just said, Dad, I turn 18 in two weeks, so you don't have as much say as you think. He ended up signing the contract for TJ, and uh, he had committed to play uh, before that at Indiana, continuing his his education in the offseason. Uh, But that's the enthusiasm that he has. He knows that this is what he has wanted to do. He's always been an advanced player. He felt like he was willing, ready, and able to make the leap at just 17. Again, a very, very bright future. There's, you know, those big names that Nationals fans who follow prospects are going to hear about. uh, But especially at the low A level, Joey, there's a lot of guys that haven't yet gotten to prospect status. And uh, there's a guy who just got some league-wide recognition in uh, Leandro Emiliani. I I believe I'm saying that name right. 22-year-old out of Columbia, I believe. His numbers to begin the season are really impressive. So tell us about a a guy that isn't, you know, maybe in that top 20 prospect caliber for the Nationals just yet, but is already making a a name for himself at at the low-way level. Well, I'll tell you, he went silly against the Carolina Mudcats last week. Six for 12, he had a single game where he had two doubles plus a home run. He can send the ball a long way. I really like what he does at first base, though, defensively. He's got a sure-handedness to him that's maybe a little bit rarer to find even at the single-A level or the professional level. He seems like a mature player. He's 22 years old, and he's somebody I think is going to break out and really get on the radar this season because this guy is a solid corner infielder prospect. There's another guy on the team who's played some second. He's played some short. Yuanda Rivero, right now, I believe he's the 29th-ranked process in the Nationals farm system, so he's right on the radar, maybe on the quote-unquote edge of it. 
But what I like about both of those guys is they just have a tendency to make the right play for the situation. Talking about Brady House's walk-off win, that scored Rivero to tie the game, Jacob Young to win the game. It was Rivero who took a 3-2 pitch about the length of a plastic fork off the outside corner to draw a walk. And I'm not talking about a plastic fork you turn sideways. I'm talking about the little way straight on. I mean, this thing was so close. He had just fouled off a pitch. He knew he had to have somebody on and found a way to get aboard, score the time run. It's just those little things where maybe the numbers don't always pop off the page for some of these guys, but situationally, there's so many players here in Fredericksburg who know how to win and, as importantly, will help each other to win. Let's go to the pitching side, Joey. What are some names that have stood out to you early on in the season uh, on the bump? Rodney Theophile, for sure. Nine innings so far. He's given up one run. I believe it was unearned. He struck out about a dozen guys in that span as well. Theophile was here in Fredericksburg last year, he got a taste of single A ball or, or low A ball as it was at the time, and then came back this year. And, and I mean, it's just been automatic. He was the starter for the season opener in Delmarva, shut out four innings, eight strikeouts, ended up turning around and, and doing something similar against the Carolina Mudcats in his first start of the year at Virginia Credit Union Stadium. Another guy that I really like is Jose Ferrer. He's a power throwing lefty out of the pen. At this level, obviously, the bullpen's a little bit more fluid. You're looking at a lot of guys, giving them a lot of chances. But he's about as close as I've seen to the quote-unquote closer on this team. And when he throws it, you know it, my friend. This guy can really fire it in there. And just where he is right now, I I think that he's somebody who, again, is going to really pop out on the radar. Joey, let's talk about your role as a broadcaster in the minor leagues. Uh, there's a lot of work that goes into any level of broadcasting, but it's it's different across different levels. So I'll just give you an opportunity to let fans have a, a window into what your days are like, because it's not just you pick up the mic for the first pitch of a ball game, and that's the start well, of most your nights. Day. <laughs> there's a uh, there's a lot that goes into it. So what, what does your role entail uh, with Fredericksburg? And, um, you know, why is this so enjoyable for you? Well, hey, folks, I'll, I'll make it seem like I'm super busy. And sometimes I actually am. But make no doubt about it. This is the greatest job in the world. I wouldn't trade it for I wouldn't trade it for 2000 acres and a couple million bucks on top of it, though. If somebody would offer me both. I, I'd probably take them. Uh, it's really one of those deals where it's, it's just a dream come true to work for a great organization uh, like the Nationals and like the Fredericksburg Nationals. There's a lot of twists and turns throughout the day. You really have to be expecting kind of the unexpected from coordinating media appearances to uh, rewiring the press box to, uh, you know, just coming to a holiday inn in Canapolis, North Carolina. There's a lot of stuff that uh, uh, goes on and you stay pretty busy, but I think the biggest thing is just having fun with it. That's the only thing that really, in the end, I think people remember down the line. And we pride ourselves on trying to have the most fun in minor league baseball in the broadcast booth. My partner, Eric Bach, myself, and 
just a bevy of special guests from Mayor Greenlaw here in Fredericksburg to TJ White's dad, Art Silber, the principal owner of the Fredericksburg Nationals. We're trying to turn it into the hottest spot in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Apparently, there's an Applebee's about a half mile away that has that crown right now. Hey, we're going to steal it from by the end of the year. Let me tell you that much, folks. Uh, it's got a couple of uh, it's got a couple of special things going on for it itself. And I think we're going to continue to just make that our banner is have more fun than anybody. Smile more, laugh more and enjoy being at the ballpark the most. And really, that's what it's all about. Right, Joey? I mean, we, we're covering a game for a living and especially at the minor league level, you're getting to watch these these young players become like you said earlier, kind of grow into themselves and become an adult version of uh, you know, themselves personally and professionally. And what is better than that? So I love the enthusiasm that you bring. I've heard some of your calls online. Oh. Uh, you, guys, you guys are doing a great job and appreciate you coming on the podcast with me today and, and giving us a little uh, glimpse into the, the life of a Fredericksburg broadcaster. Well, thank you for letting me steal little bits here and there through the years. I know this is the first time we've met, but trust me, my friend, I have looked through your stuff as well. And I enjoy it. I thoroughly do. I believe the Nationals have the best broadcast uh, team, the best broadcast organization in Major League Baseball. So it's it's a positive pleasure all on this side of the table. Joey, thanks so much, buddy. We'll catch up down the road. Yes, sir. You take care. Stay with us on the Nats Insider Podcast. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Josh Bell has gotten off to a phenomenal start to the 2022 season. And back in spring training, I had a chance to catch up with Josh in the Nationals batting cage and do a cool little video breakdown on how, as a switch hitter, his right-handed swing differs from his left-handed swing and what his approaches from each side of the plate, how they're similar, how they're different what he's looking for in, in terms of his mechanics and, and how he goes about it, but also had just kind of some broad conversation with Josh about being a switch hitter and tips for young ball players who want to become switch hitters. So if you want to watch that video of our breakdown in the batting cage with Josh, go to the Nationals Twitter account. You can also go to my Twitter account, at Masson Colco. We've got that video up there for you. But we thought we'd give you some of the conversation that I had with Josh about being a switch hitter how challenging it can be, but the rewards that it presents for him as well. So here now is that interview with Josh Bell from back in spring training, talking about being a switch hitter at the highest level. All right, Josh. So let's talk about the origins of you becoming a switch hitter. Uh, your dad was a big factor in your baseball upbringing. And I think I remember you telling me that he played a big part in you becoming a switch hitter. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I, I guess the story is my, my dad was watching a baseball game and there was a switch hitter um, on the TV. He was a football player, uh, track uh, star in high school and in college. And he got hurt in college. He was like, you know what? If I have a son, he's going to play baseball. And when he was watching that baseball game, he was like, he's going to switch hit. And I was three at the time. I started Little League the next year. And I was just hitting uh, righty, and then the next year we went into switch hitting when I was five. And I would go back and forth every at bat from five pretty much until 12, until the competition got better. And I actually started seeing more and more lefties where I could actually switch it up. But pretty cool story, um, and definitely thankful for my, my father to turn me around. 
So you didn't really have a say in the matter. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I was just in the backyard, you know, having a, a blast with my dad whenever he came home from work. When you were a kid, did you have a favorite side of the plate or a more more skilled side of the plate? Or were you always on, on fairly equal playing fields as you learned how to hit from both sides? That's, I think that's a good question. I, uh, I have memories of like coaches wanting me to hit a different way and me being like, depressed you know the sad kid like no i want to hit righty or i want to hit lefty um and stories where you know a coach wanted me to turn around and then i said no and i ended up hitting a homer um so it was it was pretty cool it was definitely a grind at times it was more to work on um it sure. still is but there are definite uh, advantages to it so i'm definitely thankful to have it you, you hear switch hitters talk about how beneficial it is to have pitches breaking in towards them you can you get a slider that comes in you know down and in you drop the barrel to it and it can go a long way as compared to a right-handed hitter having to kind of lunge for right. that same pitch mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and not making as strong a contact yeah I feel like for the most part righties um, their second pitch is a slider so for me if I can eliminate that I take away their second pitch they have to work on the third um, and even fourth maybe it's a curveball maybe it's a changeup. But if I can eliminate their second best pitch, then I can really hunt fastballs and try to do damage with it. How much extra work is it having to be uh, hopefully locked in from two sides of the plate as compared to one? I've had some stretches where it's not that much work, Mm -hmm. and I've had some stretches where it feels like more than double. So it really just fluctuates. I'm sure any baseball player will tell you when you're feeling good, you don't take that many swings and right. when you're you know feeling bad you're the first person in the cage and the last one to leave every day trying to figure something out to, to help the team win that night and it's tougher too from the right side of the plate because you're facing more right-handed pitchers typically right. than you are lefties mm-hmm. do you feel like you need to work more on your right-handed swing than your left to to kind of keep them on the same level because of that i feel like having success on the right side means that i'm simple if I'm going to be taking the more majority of my at-bats um, left-handed, I can do more things. I can have a bigger leg kick, but right-handed, if I just keep things simple and try to, you know, put the ball in play, square it up and stay gap to gap, that's when, you know, I'll have the doubles, I'll have the home runs, and I won't really have to worry about anything else. So it's almost like you have different approaches in a way from the different sides of the Yeah, plate. without a doubt. I feel like uh, righties are just different than lefties. Lefties generally are more crafty, um, looking for more soft contact early. Righties are the guys that are throwing 100, um, the guys that have power stuff that are trying to strike you out. So it's just a different at bat. If you're... If you go through a stretch during a season where you're searching from one side of the plate or the other, is there something you fall back on or something that you you go to to try and make it click? Yeah, I would say, I mean, growing up, I, I had something called the hit away. It's mm-hmm. like a ball on two strings that wrapped around a pole. And my dad would like tie me how many swings I could get in a minute, how many times I could square up the ball. Mm. And it really just became, okay, the ball's coming back. I'm trying to hit it as hard as I can. It trained my hands. Mm. So when things get out of whack with my body, I just try to get back to just using my hands. That's why I'm in the big leagues and hopefully that's why I'm gonna stay. So try to simplify everything going underneath my hands and just get into a position to fire them. If I can sync it up, good things are gonna happen. But if I'm trying to do too much, ball's gonna be all over the place on the ground in the air. Mm. Um, And that's what we can't have. So if you had any quick advice for young players that want to switch hit, they want to be like Josh Bell. 
what advice do you have, not just on hitting in general, but in terms of the art of switch hitting? I would say it takes time and it, it takes like opportunity. I feel like a lot of kids get caught up in what team they want to play for, you know, 13U, 14U, 15U, I have to be on this team, so I'll get these looks. In actuality, like Albert Pujols was a 26 rounder. Like if you're going to be a good player, focus on being a good player at 23. You don't have to be the best player in the world at 13. If you want to switch it, you have to get the reps. So you want to be on a team, it's going to allow you to do it. Mm. It's going to allow you to struggle because um, it's not always easy. And, you know, even big leaguers will give up on it. Um, some have success doing it. But, you know, for me, the game that I play, ball's always coming back into me. I can get off the dish a little bit and really focus on trying to get my hands extended the right way. Um, and hopefully it keeps me in the big leagues for a long time. Yeah, we hope so too. Josh, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for doing this. Cool. Thanks, Dan. That'll do it for the Nats Insider Podcast this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. This was a lot of fun taking a look at the Fredericksburg Nationals and talking to Josh Bell as well. We'll get you some more minor league perspectives at various levels in the weeks to come. Looking forward to that. Hope you'll stay with us all season long on the Nats Insider Podcast. Have a good one, everybody. Go big or go home.